July 10, 2021. It's a Watt for Pedro show.
Lock for Pedro Show. Happy Saturday. Started off with John Coltrane, Miles Davis doing milestones. I think around the five minute mark there, 507, Miles blows a clam. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> you probably, you know, knowing him in the Brooks Brothers suit, you know, half of it's not letting people know it was, right? Or they, that was supposed to be there. And then we had Swarmer Flies with Writhe. I'm going to try to get this right, Brother Ken. Ken Wolrob. You got it. Okay. Forgive me for destroying your name. It's a beautiful name and stuff. And and glad to have you on again, truly. What what have you done between last time you were on the show and now? What haven't I done between the last time I was on the show and now? I've been making more music, that's for sure. Um, including, including that song. Um, and I've been, you're a bike rider, right? I've been riding my bike a lot. That's what I've been doing. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Since my knee went bad, I had to kind of give it up. So I do, uh, two days elliptical trainer and then a hobble by the waterfront. So that's my exercise now. It's about oh, you're still at it. five and a half <laughs> hours a week. Yeah. I mean, man, Getting the kayak out of the... I mean, there's nothing once I got the water, but it was just too dangerous to get out of the boat to the water. And then the the, the, the leg for when you stop, you know, kick out, that's the hurt. Mm-hmm. So, man, down goes Fraser. It's too scary. So, but you're right. You got to keep going. What's also helped me was cutting out fucking sugar and salt. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, music. God, you know, we had this cat on, Ron Anderson, a couple of weeks ago. And he's living in Brooklyn there. And he told me the new fucking avant-garde scene is metal. He's not wrong. Uh, I mean, in, in terms of people pushing into different boundaries and doing things, there's there's folks doing a lot of interesting, cool stuff in heavy music. Right. Because, you know, you think of that parking lot. <laughs> was, it, was it a Judas Priest gig or something? These guys. Are, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was probably horrific for you. Like no, a lot of mullets. I actually saw uh, the first Judas Priest gig at the Whiskey. I mean, when they first came over. And Rob Halford, yeah, it was, believe it or not, man. And Gary Valentine, you know, the Blondie's first bass player opened up with the new Wave Trio. It was the most bizarre thing. But Rob Halford's voice was just so fucking incredible. I, I can't imagine... Being a, a being young and hearing that voice for the first time at like a concert, if you had never heard the band before, and then hearing him. Well, well, I had heard that the record was uh, and they played on KNC here. Uh, Sad Wings of Destiny. Oh my God, that's real early. Yeah, is that early? I I, I think there Second was one. In, okay, because there was one in England before that they didn't put. It maybe came out later with the Razor Bladers. Coca-Cola, Rock-A-Roll or something. Yeah, Rock-A-Roll was the first one. Okay, the okay. first played one you're thinking of is British Steel, which came out in like 80. I don't know him by then. Yeah, yeah. But I know this song called The Ripper. Yeah. Great tune. Oh, and that scream on that? <laughs> He's peeling paint off the walls with that scream. I mean, yeah, I he, he talks to bats. And now they had a a dually thing going with the guitars. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminded me of Black Oak Arkansas a little bit. Which yeah, was good. I yeah. liked it. I liked, you know, that the kind of dually thing more than the Night Ranger way of doing it. You know? 
And they were, they were groovier back then, too. They had a little more swing to their sound back then before they got full-on metal. Like, when they when they got to British Steel, then the, the sound became more rigid. Well, you, but like know, those... you know the swing thing? Bill Ward. Mm-hmm. Those first records with Black... Absolutely, Oh, yeah. man. Again, geezer, too. You know, because they're into fucking Jack Bruce and uh, Ginger Baker, right? Yeah, and, I mean, and it wasn't all blues, you know. The blues is a big part, especially England learning rock and roll, but especially Ginger bringing in that jazzy, swingy thing. Oh, absolutely. Jimmy called uh, Mitch Mitchell his Elvin Jones. Does that sound on your side? Yeah, sorry. Hold on one second, Mike.
stärkeres sein. Jeder kämpft nur für sich allein. Eine Niederlage könnten sie nicht verzeihen. Denn wer verliert, passt nicht in diese Welt. Es geht um Macht. Über dich, über dich und die Gedanken, die du hast, zumindest fast.
I'd like to welcome you to WKCR. Wow. And, uh, you know. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you for coming up and everything. We were worried about you a few minutes ago. Uh, why worry? <laughs> you know. We, we, I had some technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. we, we were having some too. I understand you're opening at uh, Slugs tomorrow. It isn't Slugs, it's uh, Folk City. Oh, Folk City. On uh, West Third Street. Right. So, uh,. Uh, we do work slugs. Yeah, quite we often, work slugs you know, a lot. Right. We will be going in there uh, very soon, but uh, mm -hmm. this particular time it's uh, Folk City. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Isn't that the first time you worked there? 
Yeah, what's well, the first time I've worked there, and I understand that that is the first time that uh, jazz a jazz group has uh, worked there. So right. we will. It'll be sort of a, uh, a a first, or you know, an initiation or something like that. But at least it'll be it'll be nice. Yeah, it, uh, we're you, looking forward to it. Right? You don't think it's going to be any different than working the Vanguard or something? Well, it's just another gig, huh? Well, uh, I don't know. It, 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 what it is is to me every time we play, it's, uh, I try to do as well as possible, right. as best, the best that we possibly can. So mm -hmm. I don't think I don't be I'm not all that casual about what where I'm working or anything. I think every place is important. Right. So we'll do. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, you've been all the over very the very best that we can. Yeah, you've been all over the world. I mean, uh, played in every. All the, I guess all the free world, as they call it. Have you been to like, uh, you know, to uh, China or anywhere, or Russia? Or no, like no, we haven't. They have festivals there once in a while. They? Well, they do. That. My yeah. brother's band is there now. Oh, where? Uh, in in Russia. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, they had a five week tour there, and then they're supposed to be in Moscow at the time when uh, President Nixon is gonna be there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, it, it really means uh, quite a lot. I think, it's, I think it's very nice. It's very, it's a good thing. It's a very important thing yeah. for uh, Americans and uh, for our, uh, the music in general. Mm -hmm. um, somebody called up uh, and they heard you were going to be on the air, and they asked, you know, uh, since you're going to be at uh, this club, uh, they immediately thought about the fact that you'd never made a live recording anywhere. Uh, uh, well, no, not with not with this group. I yeah. haven't. Uh, we're, we're we've been thinking about it. We've yeah. been uh, kicking and kicking that idea around mm -hmm. for a while, and uh, it's just a <clears throat> there's a well, there's a lot of things that that are to consider when you think about doing a live recording in a club. You know, uh, mm -hmm. you have to uh, check out the acoustics and all this and. Uh, find out whether or not it's all right to do it there because a lot of people, a lot of club owners and at least just don't like for that to happen because they think it interferes with their business. Right. So uh, there's a lot of things to consider, but I, I would like to do a live recording somewhere, sometime, and uh, mm -hmm. I think we'll do one in the near future. But as to where we'll do it, I really don't know. Yeah. Well, who's playing in the group that you have now? Uh, what's the personality? Uh, there's uh, Gene Perla uh, on bass. Mm -hmm. He's a well. I think he's a, he's a great bass player. He's a, mm -hmm. None of that. He's a a great person. He's a uh, a gentleman. And he's very knowledgeable about uh, music. And he's a he's a enthusiastic student of music. And well. Uh, I can't think of anyone I'd rather have playing mm -hmm. bass with me. Right. And uh, there's uh, David Liebman, who I think is a, a genius, really. Uh, he plays uh, tenor saxophone, soprano, and flute. And uh, he's a very prolific composer. He's on your new album, right? Yeah, he's on, right. this, uh, he's on, the, he's on the last one, too. Uh, Genesis, you right. know, when he first started to play with me off and on, you know, yeah, he's a real, a very fine musician. And there's a Steve Grossman, who um, 
previously his experience was with Miles Davis and some other groups mm -hmm. uh, and uh, he's the, like the baby of the group you know? and he's uh, well he takes up where John Coltrane left off <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that I think you just have to hear him to to really appreciate the the tremendous talent that he that he has, mm -hmm. and uh, as uh, Don Elias of added uh, with, on conga drums, who was another alumnus of uh, Miles Davis's group, mm -hmm. uh, he's uh, just a, a percussionist, and uh, he plays conga in a well in a context that isn't. Uh, it isn't Latin, it isn't Afro, it isn't, but it, it, you know, he plays real music with his conga drums. He's a real uh, conscious, anxious uh, musician, and uh, it fits, what what he does fits, uh, fits the group uh, feeling so well. You know, he's very, you know, he's another very fine person and uh, a real you know, I'm just happy as I can be to have him with us. Right. So that's the whole group. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, let's see. The last time I saw you uh, at Slugs, uh, I think the group, was it the same group you had? Uh, was well, it different? Or? Yeah, I think it was the same group. It was the same last group. time you were in there. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, that group was really fine. You know? That's it. Yeah. yeah, that was when they had the, the birthday party for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was on party. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was really, we were together. Yeah, was nice. The group was really smoking that night, mm -hmm. man. You know, I would have been surprised if it had. Um, broken up, you know. That's, oh, uh, this is the, we're just really getting together. You know, right. the breaking up is something that uh, we don't even think about. Right. You know, this is something that we're gonna we're gonna stay together for as long as we live, as uh, as long as as it lasts. You know, uh, as long as there's breath in our bodies. Really? Yeah. Well, I, I think I've heard that so before. Yeah, well, I've heard that before, but you know, groups, groups, well, you know, come and go. I mean, sure people come and go, but you know, in and out of groups sure so fast. Uh, yeah. Sure. What happens? Musical tastes begin to differ. You start going in different directions. Well, <laughs> well, when that happens, I suppose we'll break up then. But otherwise, I don't. I can't foresee any uh, disintegration of this group mm -hmm. in the near future. Yeah. It's really together. Um, but one other thing I'd like to ask you, you know, about uh, playing in in uh, clubs and recording. Um, you when you play, you know, you do a lot of you, you play a lot of solos. Like I've seen you take, you know, like very long solos. Would that be a factor in in, uh, in preventing you from recording a live album because of the limited amount of time that? Uh, well, I, I would I would I would imagine that uh, if we do. If and when we do a live album, and I'm I'm hoping it'll be with the, within the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, the what I do on it, I don't think uh, that won't be a governing factor as uh, as to the content of the album at all. It, it, mm -hmm. uh, if I play a solo, I play a solo, and if, and if I, you know. If I don't, then I won't, you know. But uh, uh, the length of it won't have anything to do with what we're, what, what, what it really is all about. It'll be a live album. It'll be a live album of what the group is doing, and uh, it will, it will, it will hopefully uh, 
give a give a an, an honest and uh, forth uh, forthright uh, projection of of the of the abilities of of the of the, the musicians involved. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, you're listening to WKCR FM. 89.9 in New York. My name is Vernon Gibbs, and the program is called Jazz Alternatives. And uh, right now we're speaking with Elvin Jones, who opens tomorrow at uh, Folk City with his uh, brilliant group that's been together for um, how long? Uh, well, a year. Well, you know, we keep adding people to the group. Uh-huh. Don Elias is, happens to be the last uh, person to join the group, so and he's been there for... Uh, 20 years oh, of doing this show, the and I'm still fucking blowing clamps. You know, pilot here. People, did, did we lose everything, or just... No, this, no, uh, just this, this thing here. I'm telling people okay. the names of the songs. Okay. Uh, you, sorry to interrupt your delivery, too, with this stupid fucking show. Deli- no, interrupting no, no, your no, delivery. Okay, Swarm yeah, of no, Flies no, with Wendigo, which I believe is some kind of spirit from maybe Canadian? So somewhere north. And... Uh, Maybe native people, right, Wendigo. Uh, Sophie Dupalais, Boys Tears, out of Netherlands. Al Margolis, Chester, New York, Oboes for Jim. The Hellbians, Brighton, England, brand new Twiddler on the Roof. Bob Bucko Jr., Sam Lockward, both from Iowa. One Dubuque, one Iowa City. In the Wind, I Hear Music, Air. Bomas Prender, Brain Tan, DC Area Parallel System, System 20 Ramby Tan. This is the Eric Hardiman, upstate New York. Melanie O'Dubschlein, Andreas Brandall, Grant Capes. And, uh, La Puerta de Sol in Vuce. Right? Sunset. Flood. <laughs> and finally, WKCR 97 interview with Elvin Jones, a big hero. And Pettibone took me to see him a lot of times. Perk got me a poster sign. And, uh, yeah, again, I apologize and shit, we're at the end of the first hour. <laughs> uh, was that Chow? What well, we'll talk about next. People, it's uh, uh, July 10, 2021, this Watt Peter Show, special guest, Ken War Warbowl. Did I get that right? Nowhere near. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an asshole. <laughs> Sorry. July 10, 2021. It's the second hour of Life for Pedro Show.
Watch for Pedro Show. Start off the second hour with all these things destroy you. Eternal black. You, you know, do you still got the three projects going? I do, yeah. Okay, so, so people. Still, uh, yeah, Swarm of Flies, Eternal Black, and yep. End of Hope. We'll, we'll be playing End of Hope in the third hour because I thought, you know, <laughs> appropriate for the project. Sure. End of the show, End of Hope. Here, like, we're in the middle, so we're still hopeful, and it's Eternal Black. And uh, Ben Salter from Tasmania, lean into it. McLaren from Lucas Abel, I changed my mind from the plaster men. And Eternal Black, Three Fates. So, who, uh, all these guys, have uh, been trading files, or have been, you've been doing prac with these guys? What's up, kid? You know, I, I kind of had to work in isolation. That's why I started the Swarm of Flies thing. But then with the other bands, it really became sending files back and forth in order to keep working on new music. Okay. So I I took the opportunity to get back up to speed on like recording at home um, because I didn't want to sit on my hands. So you know, even though I was I'm still going down to the rehearsal space, you know, while the pandemic's going on, and I'm going in by myself and just working on stuff and coming up with songs and coming up with ideas. But then I would come home, record them, even get them on a click track so yeah. the drummers could kind of knew what tempo I was thinking about and they could, everybody could kind of play along. And in certain cases, like on the end of hope side, uh, the other guys could record and send stuff back. And that's also how I got moving on the swarm of fly stuff, because then I'm like, well, why don't I just expand the circle? Right. You're right. Like, right. It's all vocabulary, right? You don't forget. You'll keep learning, keep building. Yeah. Yeah. The other great thing about the swarm of flies thing was, Hey, let's, let's learn some different things from other people. So, you know, I consider myself at best a growler. I'm not much of a singer, but there's a lot of people I admire, great singers like Amy Pickering, who sang oh, on yeah. When to Go and, and is from Fire Party, who's the most phenomenal singer. And I'm like, yeah, I want to learn how Amy is going to layer this, you know, or Earl Walker Lundy uh, from the band Shadowitch, who sang on another track, like, yeah, how's Earl going to go about it? Because I'm going to learn from them from doing it. Like, I'm the eternal student. I always want to learn from somebody who's better at it than me, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah, only a really insecure person puts, like, I don't know. I want to look good, so I'll get people who are maybe just starting out around me. Yeah, that's stupid. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> why, why, would you, why would you do that? Like, you want to be, like. Well, I said, I said the strategy is, like, you look big, right? Yeah. But it's really insecure, right? No, like, you want to be, like, in a perfect world, you want to be Henry Rollins. You want to be the technically least talented guy in the band and yeah. surround yourself with the best musicians that then are going to make you look great, right? Yeah, Hank's got a spiel about it. You're right. I, that's a great thing he has about that. Yeah. And uh, and takes it to heart, not just a slogan. Uh, no, no, and, and again, so like End of Hope, like you know, all the guys that play with End of Hope are like phenomenal musicians. You know, they're they're you know Davies, you know this phenomenal singer and everything. And so, when you work with people that are better than you, they elevate the songs, they lift it up. And, and you know this, you work. I know, well, especially being a bass player, <laughs> you look good making them look good. <laughs> 
Well, but like, no, I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think those are yeah. some of the most excellent politics you can have in the band. <laughs> yeah, but like, how much difference does a stellar bass player make in a band? You know, how, how much does that? I'm a little bit biased up? there, Ken. Maybe I'm the wrong guy to ask. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say you tend to lift the bands you're playing. Yeah, I, I think you're. A good I would example. hope so. Yeah, yeah. Instead of dragging them down. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you're self-deprecating. I'm sure you've kicked yourself on a couple nights where you're like, ah, I didn't well, play as well. Or, sure. or, or, or you write parts that have too much and you have to start taking out. You learn how yeah. to play the holes. It's trippy about that. Oh, yeah. I, I want to I play this, uh, some of this live stuff from uh, Jersey City, uh, WMFU. Awesome. You called it dead. <laughs>
Talk, tell us about when this uh, recorded dead WFMU. Scott, well, Mr. Scott. Yeah, so when we recorded at WFMU, which like, what a massive honor. You know, we're, I'm still amazed we got in the door. Because also Eternal Black, everybody's going to hear the music of Eternal Black. That's not what you think of when you think of WFMU. With that, that's a, it's oh, but they weird. play all kinds of stuff, don't they? They do, yeah. they do. But I mean, I think it depends on the DJ, right? Yeah, yeah. And we're lucky enough that the guy who got us on, uh, Sean, um, who has the show What Was Music, it, it plays a band called River Colton, is a fan of what we do. And so he got us in there. But what was great was we got to record with a guy named Scott Consible. And uh, New York City art people might remember Scott because Scott um, uh, used to refer to himself and, and maybe a couple of, of, of um, partners as, as Chop Shop. And they used to do recordings of like, they would go record a building shifting <laughs> and, and then release it in spec, you know, like, and the packaging would be like limited to five in like lead cased containers. <laughs> And, and, and if you look up on Discogs, if you go on Discogs and sure. look for uh, Chop Shop or Scott Conselman, you'll find them and you'll find people have them. And the odd thing is the guy who produces all of our, all the Eternal Black and the Hope albums, also works on Swimmer Flies, uh, my friend Joe Kelly. Oh, when yeah, I told yeah. him we're working with this guy, Scott Conselman, he's like, I've got some of those. He's like, I've got some of the limited oh, okay. Inside info. Yeah. But amazing guy and great ear, and, and it was fantastic to work with him. You know, going back to you, like, using a click track and then giving him to Drummy, and then Drummy puts his stuff on. Mm -hmm. Do you, because I've done that, right? But then I go back and I redo my bass to that new drums. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have to. Okay, you okay. Can be awesome. yeah. yeah. Like, you, you can make any drummer play to a click track, but they're going to play to their heartbeat, right? Of course, right. Yeah, yes, sir. It's going to go to their own thing. And also, they may play a little behind, and, and you want to sometimes, you want, like, the hits to match. You want, you know, you want I found, to I found you want bass because the drum hits are, are very short, right? So I you yeah. want them a little ahead. I put the bass a cut hair behind. And then you yeah. also fill out because you're more legato. You're more thick where his thing's real staccato and short. Yeah, but if yeah. you're at the same time, you get cancellation. And that, that, and I got this from the the, the, the brothers in the R and B bands did this. Not not too far behind. There's a skill to it. There's technique. Actually, Taff uh, Taff Falco turned me on to it. A Memphis thing. He learned it from uh, Charlie Feathers, I think. Whoa. Yeah. Well, it, it, like we were saying, right? You want to get in an interesting classroom. You want don't want to fucking, you know, dominate some what romper room. <laughs> right? Like I'm, I'm the big man here. Like nobody's learning from anybody, right? It's just all right. posture in front. Okay, you, you want you want all the killers in your band, right? Ma yeah. Look what Miles Davis did. He knew he wasn't going to be Diz, right? But he's going to make sure he's got the best fucking band. Oh yeah, yeah. Paul Chambers and John Coltrane, Crimin. You know, Cannibal Adderley. Cannibal Adderley was no slouch. No, no, not at all. Not at all. In fact, yeah. really uh, incredible, right? The alto thing, which, yeah. which actually John Coltrane started on. But uh, you see how similar, just like uh, uh, we were talking about the, the, the priest with the two guitar guys, right? I don't mm -hmm. really know who went, who, who was the boss there. They had kind of a, right? They were kind of co-conspirators. Co 
And two very different players. It too. was different than, yeah, but it wasn't like Tom and John Fogarty, you know. Nothing against keep on shooting no, that no, no, seven no. all the way. Oh man. <laughs> and and depending upon your like, you know, depending on your 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 perspective, like some folks in, in terms of priests, like KK Downing, like I love KK Downing solos because they're looser and and like more more from like the Hendrix side of things, whereas Glenn Tipton solos are more on the nose they're more they're more they sound more constructed whereas kk downing solos were always like from the hip yeah yeah they were always out there there's that there's that song uh sinner they have and there's a live version of it where he's just he's just got the echoplex just cranked <laughs> he's going off but it's fabulous. i remember it's one good. of them played ben over more Ben over than the him. other dude <laughs> yeah that was probably him like leaning all the way back and yeah and they had like a monster man on base. I can't remember his name, but he's a big, a lot of beard. Yeah, well, yeah, and never leaves his ex. <laughs> yeah, he's, right. he's like he's like Cliff Williams from ACDC. Like always oh, stands on the X. That's right. That's on the mark. On the mark. Yeah, yeah. Like I always, I always wondered, like how did they not have like occupational pain in like the lower back? And <laughs> they, they never moved. They never, like never even stamped a foot. Nothing. They just stood there. Oh, beautiful kid. Uh, we're at the end of the second hour, Ju July 10, 2021. Dish Watt Peter's special guest, Ken Wolrob. Yeah. Yeah. Hold tight for hour three. July 10, 2021. third hour. Watt for Pete.
strangers outside. Always been looking for a place to hide. Arm to the teeth. What if this only was a dream? Everything. 
from Pedro Show, $3. The deal from End of Hope uh, says, number two, live at Savoy Tivoli in San Francisco, February 12, 1981. Owns, this is the late, great Zev side project he had with Spiel. Uh, Blake Edwards provided me, he took care of him in his last time, you know, fight the fucking cancer shit. He's beautiful inspiration, people. He's greatest. Punk rocker, uh, he used only swinging pieces of metal as percu- almost killed by the shit in his performances. I took your name from Holland with half speed and end of hope. What was I thinking? And like you didn't forget the question mark. Like <laughs> 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 Yeah, sometimes they leave you in doubt, right? Because in English it's it's the way we uh yeah. What was I thinking? Nah, what it, was it, I thinking? Yeah, you, you could th- it, mean it like I thinking. Yeah, but it could be a a declarative, right? What is the thing I was thinking about, right? It all depends on that little lift at the end of the, right? That means question. So, uh, yeah, who does uh, the, the, that singer, man? You're a big fan of his voice. I think he's great pipes, too. But what about the words? Does he write words, too? He writes all the words. Yeah, oh, okay. and, you know, and you probably remember Davey from Kraut. Uh, Absolutely. The, the I, I remember the guitar man. Wasn't he the main dude? Yeah, so he he wrote. I think he wrote all of the the music. I, I don't know if Davey did the lyrics or if Doug Holland. Doug Holland was his name. Uh, did the lyrics too back in Kraut. But now in End of Hope, Davey writes all the lyrics. He sings everything. You know, End of Hope. End of Hope is a four man partnership. We we attack and write everything together. Right, um, right, right. But does he like lead the charge? Because you know how many how many bands words come last. Right? I think fucking Geezer wrote them for Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. Ozzy didn't write a lot of lyrics. Yeah, Geezer. right. And they were like uh, way after the jams, right? Geezer would come up with words. Yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's well, is that the process with you guys? No. What's what's really fascinating, and one of the joys of like working with Davey is if we're in the room and I've brought in like I usually bring in riffs in terms of like here, here's a song. Like I'll have something put together as a whole song, a collection of riffs and, and stuff, and then we start hacking at it. You know, we, we start like pulling, like we want it. We like, I'll come in with three minutes and we get it down to a minute 50. <laughs> but as we're, as we're doing that, Davey has like an endless bank of lyrics. Oh, and he's got like a book, a notebook or something. He's got it on his phone. Okay. And so as we keep, you know, we'll, we'll play through riff and the journal will be like, Hey, what if we sped that up a little bit? Or, Hey, let's do that four times instead of two times. And as we're doing that, He's over there, like, flipping around on his phone. All of a sudden, he'll look and go, I got something. And then we'll play it through, and he'll just, he's already got lyrics. He's already going through it. So as we hash it out musically, he's already pulling lyrics out and starting to work them. And as as he's bringing in the words, then you guys are still in the process. So it's his word bringing in is actually aiding and abetting in the music composing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Am I right? So, yeah. Okay. And, and what's great is our, our bass player works very closely with Davey in terms of, okay, what are, what are the backup vocals going to be? How, how are you, the, the bass player singing and Davey singing, how are we going to sing together? And they, they both add so much where, you know, those, those courses and the shouting and all of that adds a whole nother layer. You know who was really good at that? Mike Anthony. Oh, yeah. I got it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, I know I got a little bias for the bass, but I, I think his bass was very supportive too. But when he did that, Buck Owens did the same thing, right? You bring in the high voice on that course, it pops. Yeah. 
fucking you, he was I mean, great look, with that look, shit. Look at Joe Strummer and Mick Jones. How, oh yeah, yeah, he did it too. Point. Yeah, Mick Jones would do that too. And, and again, going back to what we were talking about before, that's something I, I don't think I would have thought about or figured out on my own had I not stepped in the room with Davey and Davis, our bass player, because in my head I'm just growling out. <laughs> I'm not in, I'm not smart enough with the lyrics to, to do that, whereas those guys are so creative with how they think about how those lyrics now, go. You know, I, I won't put growl in the same you know, bucket as Cookie Monster. No, no, no. I, I'm not doing, I can't do that. I can't do that and not start laughing. <laughs> there are cats that do. Stooges did a whole, I think the whole concert, we were the only ones without Cookie Monster vocal. I'm it was sure, like 50 yeah. bands of that shit. Some okay. of the European shows, I'm sure. That's what it was. It was in the south yeah. of France. It was called, uh, actually, maybe metal was in the name or something. I can't remember, but... Uh, here, I want to play Iron Fist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you gave this to me.
Yeah! 
From Pedro Show, last music Iron Fist with from End of Hope, and then live stream from Memphis Concert Fest. This is from 27 June, just a couple weeks ago. Victoria Shannon, and then the demo for Guilt Trip. So I think this is when End of Hope was first recorded, because I also found a studio version of Guilt Trip. Yeah, yeah. It, you know what? We wrote in two weeks. I think we had enough songs for a full album when we first got together. And that demo was like, Hey, let's just, let's just get some stuff recorded so we could start uh, sending it out to people who play shows and other stuff. So, cause they're always like, well, what do you sound like? And right, that's why we did right. the demo. And you know, I like that better because if you start using genre names, fuck the worst is mention other bands. I have guys come on the show and do that. It's like, come on. <laughs> well, you know what? We did that, and we, we still kind of do it because what we find is, you've, you've heard it, we're not, we, we don't sound like a, a, what most people think of as a typical punk band. And in my head, the way I explained it to Davey is like, well, what are you thinking? And I'm like, kind of thinking like Black Flag meets Motorhead. <laughs> they asked him to open, but they said, well, you got to rent the lights for $27,000. <laughs> yeah, true story. Uh, look, Eternal Black and Swarm of Flies, are they kind of closer than End of Hope? End of Hope sounds like you're more in a collab. Uh, well, Swarm of Flies is a collab because there I'm, I'm not setting a song. I'm just like starting with a layer and then having everybody else contribute. Okay, so, you're just the, yeah, you're the fire starter. Okay, okay. Yeah. So in terms of creating the music, End of Hope and Swarm of Flies are much closer. Whereas Eternal Black is, it's just, you know, it's not because I'm headstrong or it's just for whatever reason, it, I always would come in with like, hey, here's a whole song. Yeah, it's your turn to be shot caller. That's okay. Because yeah. you put yourself in situations where you're taking turns and, and maybe sometimes you are the shot caller. Yeah, but that, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, you got to do that to learn how to do it. And your guys, you know, when it's their turn, you got to learn how to take the I think it's good for everybody to take. Nobody gets like all frozen in one kind of, uh, I don't know, position or station or strata right. or hierarchy or, you know, because we're talking about something like artistic expression. And then on the other hand, you start all this kind of military organization. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want that. No, and, but and you I do think... get into processes and things and the way people work. I understand that. Yeah, and, and I think there's, you know, sometimes you just have bands where it's like, and again, I... With End of Hope, I didn't walk in that going, okay, I want to have it where I'm not writing everything. I approached it the same way, but all of a sudden I had three headstrong dudes going, no, nah, it should be this. And so it was like, oh, this is different. Okay, I'm going to pivot and see how this goes. You know, you, well, you the, react. But yeah, but that, you, you reacted with tolerance. 
which is not usually the knee-jerk thing, especially these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you, you, you deal with certain dudes, and you're like, well, I could fight them on this, but I'm not going to win. So let's see. No, well, I think you, also you got the long game, right? You say, man, yeah, this yeah. proj might develop into something interesting, so give it a shot. Give it a chance. Well, and also the other thing, too, is when you – Sometimes you step in a situation and the ideas that are getting thrown back at you are so interesting. You're like, I'm not going to fight it. Let's see where this goes. Like, I'd still think that needs a little a pull back on the reins of the ego. And uh, Karen, oh, yeah. I respect you for that. But it, it's made me a better songwriter. You, you know, because also now when I write for that band, I'm also I'm also thinking about, well, what's what's Dave the drummer going to do? You know, and what's how do I how do I want Davey to maybe sing this? And, you know, one of the funniest things in End of Hope is I, I'll I'll put a song together. And in my head, I'm thinking, all right, the verse is here and the chorus is here. And nine times out of ten, Davey has it the complete opposite. Way verses. <laughs> Look, how close is End of Hope with their album? Well, I, I think we're ready to record in in uh, September. Like we've we've got 11 more songs already written. Um, we have a song out on, there's a, uh, A7 Back to New York Hardcore Roots compilation. We have a song called Nothing to See Here that... A7, the of, venue? Yes. So <laughs> Bad Brains used to be like the yep. boys. So A7's here. been back. A guy named Drew Stone's wow. been doing a phenomenal job of sort of reviving A7. We played a couple of the Back to New York Hardcore Roots shows. The new compilation uh, Drew and his guys put together is really phenomenal. We're on there with like 15 other... Yeah, but when this album comes out, okay, this... Uh, and to hope come back on the show and, Absolutely. and i want to play all the tunes and i want you walking us through each one because it's in i'm really interested in the way you made them as well as wanting to hear it <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. brother ken thanks so much for being on the show can't wait to have you back and honor once again thanks Mike. big love big love people july 10 2021 this what peter should keep your powder dry